Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we've got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it as I said, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome. Uh, welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. My name is David Baker, your host, and glad that you're here. Uh, topic today, if you saw it, part one of Signs and Tongues. Part one of Signs and Tongues. Uh, planned this from the beginning when I laid out some uh, doctrine and lessons, but boy, in the past few weeks, it's gone crazy from Asbury uh, to guys who used to be fundamental Baptists talking about cessationism or non-cessationism. Uh, did these miracles end? Does it still go forward? Um, tongues, um, so many guys talking about it and speaking and teaching it and, and all. So uh, there's no way to cover all that in one. So I want to get started with a foundational lesson to be able to help us understand how God sees things and how things are, and then hopefully be able to build it out. So next time we'll get more into tongues, but I want us to look at uh, some things in the Bible. God said about signs. It's amazing. Everywhere you go, you see people looking for signs. They're looking for signs. They want to feel it. They want to see it. Um, boy, people are hungry for it. How many thousands of people came from all over the country and all over the world to Asbury because they want to see a sign. They want to see something. Not getting into Asbury. Other people have done that, and we may do that later. But um, people want to see a sign, and um, that's what tongues are. And they say tongues are for a sign, and we'll talk about that Um what it is, but they want to see a sign. And, and I believe a lot of times it is because we do not have our foundation in the word of God. So we're looking for something to make us feel like we're secure. We're saved. So if I speak in tongues and I know I got the spirit, I know I'm filled with the spirit, then I know I'm saved. I don't want to have to go and look for that to know I'm saved when I've got the Bible 
that can show me that I'm saved. And I think that's what we should do. But um, I just had this thought, huh, about signs. Everyone's looking for a sign. What does God have to say about that? And so should we look for a sign? Okay. Should we look for a sign? There's a lot in the Bible. I don't have time to go through everything from signs. I mean, literally it's from the beginning and Exodus. We'll talk a little bit about that to the end of Revelation. I mean, signs and seeing wonders and works and miracles and things is uh, so much in the Bible. But what did God say about it? So what is a sign? Okay, definition, a flat object with words or pictures on it, put in a public place to provide information or advertising something. Simply, okay, a sign. Um, also, a sign is a motion or action or a nod indicating a gesture, wish, and command, Luke one sixty two. Um, a wonder, a miracle, a prodigy, a remarkable transaction, of event, or phenomenon, uh, Romans fifteen nineteen, Luke one sixty two. Uh, some visible transaction, event, appearance intended as proof or evidence of something else, hence proof, evidence by sight, show me a sign, okay? Show me a sign. So Jesus said often that there would not be a sign given. They would not be a sign given, but many people wanted a sign. The scribes and Pharisees wanted a sign. They wanted some visible transaction. They wanted some event to show that. That's what they were looking for, okay? Matthew twelve thirty-eight. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. Who is it? The scribes and Pharisees. Good, godly, sold out, uh, looking for Messiah people, right? No. Saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. Boy, the, is that what people want today? Are they looking for a sign? They want a sign? Um, uh, they want a touch. They want a feeling. Wow. For years, 30 plus years, I've been soul winning. And I've always said, the hardest people to talk to are people that are in this charismatic movement because I can show them from the Bible. I can show them every verse of the Bible. I can show them every answer in the Bible. Here's what it comes down to. I've had this happen dozens of times where they say, look, I don't care what the Bible says. I know what I felt. I don't care what the Bible says. I know what I felt. Excuse me, that's scary. And that is where we are today. People don't care about the Bible. Uh, they don't care what God says. They know what they felt. So here are these scribes and Pharisees looking for a sign. Here's what Jesus said, Matthew twelve thirty nine. But he answered and said to them, an evil, what? An adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Hmm. And there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Okay, so who is seeking for a sign? An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. All these people that are seeking after a sign, got to hear the closing, I got to put it all together, but that's not what we should be seeking for. And that's not what we need. Jesus said, no, I'm not going to give you a sign. The only sign you're going to get from the prophet Jonas. What's that? Okay. Uh, as Jonah was in the bed of the well three days and thrice, three days and three nights, even so must the son of man, the heart of the earth, be, uh, be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. That's the sign. The sign they're going to get is after Jesus died and was buried and three days and three nights later, he's going to rise from the dead and they're going to know it. That's your sign. The sign you're going to get is after I die, I'm going to resurrect. Like Jonah was in the belly of the whale three three days and three nights. That's what's going to happen. By the way, forgive me for talking so fast. That is just me. When I listen to podcasts, I almost always listen to them on a higher speed. And I try to do that with mine and I can't. So um, forgive me for that. Sometimes my uh, brain goes faster than my tongue can go. um, And I'll um, misspeak. But an evil... And adulterous generation. Everybody wants a sign. 
They want to sign, oh, I had a feeling, I had a sign, had a wonder, I had a tongue, had an interpretation, oh, the Spirit flowed, oh, I felt it. What are they looking for? Literally, they're looking for a sign. So the scribes and Pharisees wanted a sign. Uh, Matthew uh, 16, 1, the Pharisees and Sadducees wanted a sign. Okay, Matthew 12, Matthew 16, different place. Okay, different place, different group. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting, desiring him that he would show them a sign from heaven. What did they want? A sign from heaven. They wanted something from heaven to prove and to show that this was right, that he was Messiah. Verse two, he answered and said to them, when it is evening, you shall ye say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, ye hypocrites. You cannot, you can, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Verse four, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Is that still going on today? Who is it that's seeking for a sign? Look at the morals. Look at the heart. Look at the attitude. What's the purpose? What's the plan? What God told us to do is not to go look for a sign. He told us to go win the world to Christ. One of the biggest things with Asbury is where's the gospel? Where's the Bible? Where's the preaching? Where's the witnessing? Are we coming in so see how long we can sing and have a -a singathon? Are we coming in so we feel something? Is that it? What did God say we're supposed to do? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You come, you get fired up, you hear the preaching, you hear the word of God, and you go out and you're scattered everywhere preaching the gospel of Jesus, showing people how to go to heaven. What's truly and really real is that. But people are looking for this sign. They're looking for, and when we get into tongues, we'll talk more about this, but that's the biggest thing that they want. They want tongues for a sign that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And they will say that tongues are the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible never says that. The evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is, <laughs> and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be what? Witnesses. The evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit of God is to witness, to witness. I was out Sony one time and uh, witnessed to a guy and uh, tried to show him how to go to heaven. He said, ah, you don't believe in the Holy Spirit. Yes, I do believe in the Holy Spirit. You don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I do believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't believe in speaking in tongues. Yes, I do. I believe in biblical speaking in tongues. Again, I'll explain that more next week, so don't uh, get me on that yet. But uh, yes, I do. He said, you don't believe in filling the Holy Spirit. I said, show me in the Bible where it says that the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Show me anywhere. Here's my Bible. Couldn't, couldn't do it because it's not there. I said, let me show you what the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is. And showed him that in Acts. The evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is witnessing. I said, hey, how many people have you witnessed to today? He said, none. How about yesterday? None. How about last week? This week, none. How about last week? None. Last month, none. Last year, none. I said, what am I doing to you right now? witnessing. The guy you saw me talking to a few minutes ago, what was I doing? Witnessing. What did I do yesterday and this week and last week and witnessing? You say you're filled with the Holy Spirit because you speak in some ecstatic language you don't know what you're saying. You say I'm not, but yet I'm doing what the Bible says someone who is filled with the Spirit does. For everything that God has, there's a counterfeit. And if this being filled with the Spirit doesn't bring you to win people to Christ and you're looking for a feeling, then you're looking for the sign. So again, Matthew 16, verse four, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. 
And when he left them, he departed. The sign of Jonas was three days in, three nights in the heart of the earth. That's it. That's a sign you're going to get. Now, Jesus did many miracles. Jesus did incredible things. He raised the dead. He healed the blind. He made the lame to walk. He made the um, deaf to hear. Incredible miracles. But who did he say? He did that because he loved people. He did that because he's showing them, hey, he is what the uh, the Messiah. But the who is seeking after a sign? A wicked and adulterous generation. Matthew 24, verse 3, and he sat upon a mount, uh, on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came in and privately saying, tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. For the Jews here, they've rejected the Messiah. This is at the end of the tribulation. What sign are they going to see? Jesus coming with power and great glory. They're going to see him. And all the tribes of the earth are going to mourn. They're going to see Jesus come. That's a sign. So we have the scribes looking for a sign. The Pharisees looking for a sign. We have the Sadducees looking for a sign. Um, We have these uh, Jews. They're looking for a sign. So who else? Luke 23, 8. Um, this is after Pilate sent uh, Jesus to Herod. When Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad. Wow, glad to see Jesus. Why? For he was desirous to see him of a long season because he had heard many things of him and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. What's Herod looking for? A sign. What's Herod looking for? He's looking for a sign. Um, did Jesus give it to him? No. What are they looking for? Some magic trick. Wow, ooh, ah, what are they looking for? They're looking for some sign, some miracle to go ooh and ah. By the way, is that going to show them? Is that going to make them believe? No, no, and it didn't. Uh, And he didn't show them that. He told them what the sign would be. Well, the Bible says these signs shall shall follow them that believe. Okay, let's look at that. Mark 16, verse 15, all right? What's the command? What are we supposed to do? And he said unto them, "Go go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All right, so this context of what? Going and preaching the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, semicolon, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Uh, don't take half the verse, like I've talked to so many preachers that have. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And I asked him, I said, okay, what's the rest of the verse say? So what do you mean? That's only half the verse. What does the rest of the verse say? I don't know. Do you know where it's found at? No. Okay, let me show you. And I took him to Mark 16, 16 and showed him and made him say, according to the Bible, what does it say damn somebody? Not believing or not being baptized? Uh, not believing. Exactly. Um, if you, when you believe, you're saved. When you get baptized, you're still saved. But if you didn't believe, then you're not saved. You're damned. Very simple. Verse 17. Verse 17, okay? These signs shall follow them that believe. Follow them. What did he, what did he just tell them to do? To go into all the world and preach the gospel of every creature. Big deal. Go into all the world. So these signs are going to follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Is that a good thing to do? Absolutely. Is that still done today? Sure. Okay. I don't believe that these things have stopped. Whether it be signs, they shall teach. Whether it be tongues, they shall. Yes, I understand that. Um, but the true biblical term, and we'll get more into that on tongues, um, I don't believe that ceased. I don't believe that's done and over um, for that. These signs shall follow them that believe. So cast out devils in Jesus' name. Yes, I've dealt with that. I've been there working in the jail, being in the uh, mental institutions. Um, I've dealt with that and seen that. And they shall speak with new tongues. New tongues. What is that? We'll show that again in a minute. But new tongues is what? 
For 4,000 years of history, biblical history, what was almost exclusively the only tongue that ever spoke about God, about Elohim, about Jehovah? What's what's the only language for 4,000 years where that was spoken in? Almost exclusively Hebrew. But what's going to follow them? They're going to speak with new tongues. There will be people. What's tongue? What's your native tongue? Uh, English. What's your native tongue? Spanish. Tongue means language. It's amazing how the charismatic movement have put in such a wrong definition of what tongues is. We see tongues, we automatically go to what their definition is instead of the Bible or true definition. Look up tongues. What is tongue? It's a language. What's your native tongue? So they're going to speak with new tongues. What happens? The Jews reject Messiah. And so now all these other languages go out and go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature in what? In all these other languages. And this is a sign for the Jews prophesied in the Old Testament that this was going to happen. Okay? This is the sign. That's what it is. So, oh yeah, if you're saved, you're going to speak with crazy, ecstatic utterance of tongues. You're going to have a heavenly prayer language. That is so garbage. Please uh, listen to the next one where we go into that. All right, they shall take up serpents. Oh, there we go. We need to bring in snakes into the church. Okay, is that it? No. But while you're going out soul winning, like Paul, you're serving God, and you get bit by a serpent while you're out serving God, guess what? You're not going to die. And if you sit down and uh, someone's offers you a drink and like, hey, thank you, and it's poison, guess what? You're not going to die. While you are serving God and winning souls, God's going to protect you and take care of you. I have a friend, teacher, Brother Vogel, in college. His son was out soul winning uh, Saturday in Chicago, and he got hit with a bullet in the head. And it went through his head, through, like not his nose, like not an ear. It went through his head, and he lived. (laughs) I saw him not too long ago. You see a little scar, but you can hardly tell what happened. God had it go through just the right place where it hit sinus and didn't hit any brain or eyes or, or anything. Incredible. What, a, how, why? He's not witnessing and serving God. And God's going to protect him and take care of him. Um, these signs shall follow them that believe. Okay. They're going to cast out devils in Jesus' name. Jesus did that. Disciples did that. Speak with new tongues, new languages now. People that were not hearing about the true God are now going to do that. If they're out soul-winning and uh, they have a snake bite or drink any deadly thing, it's not going to hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And we do that. We pray. James says to anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. I've had many people that God's touched and been healed from that. That's Bible in James. That's Bible in, um, in Mark. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, um, but that is not something that these modern day feeling people are trying to look for. Um, so First uh, Corinthians 14, we'll get into the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 14, but I want to answer this according to signs. First uh, Corinthians 14, 21, in the law, it is written, anytime you see that, we're Old Testament, with men of other tongues and other lips, other what? Languages. And other lips will I speak unto this people, for yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. Uh, so what happened? The Jews rejected Jesus as their Messiah. So it's prophesied in the Old Testament that they are going to go with other tongues, other languages, and other people are going to speak it. The Jews rejected it. Paul said, I go to the Gentiles. Okay, I go to the Gentiles. Verse 22, wherefore tongues are for a sign. Here we go. Tongues here, it's a sign for who? Not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. Again, these languages. 
Oh, wow. See, this ecstatic utterance of crazy nonsense coming out of your mouth. You don't know what you're saying. That's for a sign for the unbelievers. No, it's a sign for the unbelieving Jews when they hear people talking about their God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesus, Messiah. They're going to know, oh, wow, we've come to the day where God has taken his gospel and his word to people of new languages. Uh, but prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. Okay? It's prophesied. It's Old Testament. It's there. Um, so we have the Jews, sorry, we have the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes are looking for a sign. We have the um, uh, Herod who's looking for a sign. And so these are the signs that follow them. We explained that. It said these signs, Old Testament is prophesying that uh, these signs are going to be for them um, that believe not, showing them that now Messiah is come to someone else. Okay. Now who else? The Jews require a sign. First Corinthians one twenty two. For the Jews require a sign. The Jews, they require, they have to have a sign to believe. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. What's the important part? Christ crucified. We get into the tongues. They said, I would rather hear five words of my understanding than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue, which is a language that I don't know. Okay, five words. Jesus loves you and me. There it is. All right, thanks for coming. <laughs> good, goodbye. Have a good Sunday. I'd rather hear that than 10,000 words in an ecstatic utterance language. I don't know what they're saying. It's an unknown. What they're doing today is the ecstatic utterance. Back then, it's an unknown language. Okay, I don't know Spanish. They get up and speak Spanish. It doesn't help anything. Again, we'll go more into that. Um, so are all of the signs, okay, are all of the signs from God? Are all the miracles from God? Are all the wonders from God? When you look at this, you really ought to see, are you saying every one of these is of the devil? No, I don't know. I'm not judging. But I'm asking you, when we see a sign and when we see a miracle, is that automatically of God? Matthew 24, 24, but there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Does the devil and his forces have the ability to do signs and wonders and miracles? Do they? Of course they do. Here it is. Mark 13, for false Christ and false prophets shall arise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. What are they doing? They're seducing. They're using that to show, oh, look, see, we have this. Um, Exodus chapter 7, remember the story, um, Moses, what am I going to do? Are they not going to believe me? All right, here, throw your rod down. It turns into a serpent. Pick it up. It turns it back into a rod. So they did that when they saw Pharaoh. Moses and Aaron, Exodus 7, 10, went in unto Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. And Pharaoh called, also called the wise men and the sorcerers. Now, the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. What happened? They cast, for they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. Hmm. Now, how was that done? Who gave them the power to do that? Excuse me? Um, be careful. If a sign and a wonder and a miracle doesn't line up with the Bible, listen, it is not of God. It is not of God. How come? Because it doesn't line up with the Bible. God never does anything against his word. Never. Well, God can do anything he wants to do. Not go against his word. They would make God a liar. And he can't be a liar. Okay? <laughs> it was impossible for God to lie. God can't lie. God cannot go against his word. He will not do that. So if any miracle 
Any sign goes against the Bible. It's not of God. That's not of God. We'll talk more about that next week, uh, going into the tongues and looking verse after verse. But if you ever see any sign, wonder, miracle, tongue that goes against what the Bible says, then you know it's not of God. Okay? Does the devil's people have the power to do miracles? Absolutely. These magicians and sorcerers threw down their rods and they became serpents. Now, is God more powerful? Absolutely. And Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. (laughs) We lost our rod. (laughs) Um, Okay? So, yes, our God is more powerful, but... Satan and his forces have power to do miracles. Revelation thirteen eleven, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Huh, did God the Father do that? And he doeth... Great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Who does those great wonders? Okay. This beast does great wonders, calling fire out of heaven. Hey, if you saw someone call fire out of heaven, would you believe? Okay, man, they're real. They're of God. And we worship? Guess who if you guess who you would have fallen for? Okay, that's why God said to try the spirits, to see whether they be of God. Look at everything and apply it to the Bible. And we know, lines with the Bible is good. Doesn't line with the Bible is bad, okay? Very simply. So in summary and closing on this, I don't need a sign. I don't have to have a sign. I'm not looking for a sign. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. I don't need a sign because why? I've got Jesus, So John 20, verse 24, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples, therefore, said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, except I shall see in his hand the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand to his side, I will not believe. After eight days again, the disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither my, thy hand, and thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believe. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Listen to this verse, verse 29. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed, blessed are they that have not seen, yet believe. What's that? Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. I don't want a sign. I don't need a sign. I'm not looking for a sign. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. I don't need the sign. How come? I've got God. I've got God's word. That's what I need. And he says, blessed. When you can believe and you don't need a sign, blessed. You can believe you're not seeing a miracle. Uh, Can God still do him? Absolutely. Does God still do him? Sure. But I'm not seeking a sign to be able to see and know if that's true. Uh, I'm not. Imagine my son's in Bible college and college uh, bills tight, needed some help. And I call him up and say, hey, son, I just put uh, one month uh, pay on your school bill. You're good for another month. Awesome, dad. Uh, hey, can I get the receipt? Why? Well, I just want to verify it. <laughs> son, I told you I did it. That's all you need. Well, well dad, I want to re- see the receipt. I want to I make sure it's paid. Son, I gave you my word. I told you I paid it. That's all you need. Son, if you have to see a sign, a receipt, <laughs> I think I'll reverse payment. 
Um, son, I gave you my word. If that's not enough for you, then I don't know what to tell you. Amen? You getting the truth? We have God's word, and that's all we need. Remember the story of Luke 16, rich man in hell? He said, please, please send someone back from the dead to my brothers. They'll believe him. And they said, Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. What do you mean Moses? Moses is dead. The prophets, they're dead. What is he talking about? Abraham said, look, they've got the Bible. They've got the prophets. They've got the Old Testament. They got the Pentateuch. They've got Moses and the prophets. Listen to the word of God. He said, nay, Father Abraham, if one will, uh, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Hmm. What do you say? Don't look for the miracles. Don't have to have someone rise from the dead. What do you have? God's word. God's word is magnified. Listen, above the miracles, absolutely. Above the signs, absolutely. Above, the Bible says, <laughs> even the name. God has magnified his word above all thy name. The word is what we need. I love it that I can go to God and say, God, I don't need any of that. I've got your word. And it said, if I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm saved. That's all I need. That's all I have to have. And Jesus loves that. Just speak the word, the uh, centurion said. Just speak the word. I'm a man under authority. I tell people, go and they go and come and they come. Just speak the word. I know you have authority. Jesus said, I've not seen so great faith. No, not in Israel. Did he love that? Did he love people that showed him faith? Or did he love people that said, give me a sign, give me a sign, give me a sign? Please understand, the wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. I don't need a sign. I don't want a sign. I'm not seeking a sign. I've got the word of God. And that is what pleases God. And that's what we should have. They're looking for a sign, I believe, because they want to feel they're saved. They are looking for a feeling to assure them because most of them, are not trusting Jesus only to save them. They're Matthew 7. Lord, Lord, we did wonderful works in your name. We cast out devils in your name. We, we did all these good things in your name. He said, depart from me. I never knew you. You never trusted me as your savior. You're trusting your works. And that's most of the people out there. So because they don't have the eternal security, they're looking for a false counterfeit sign of the spirit to know, I, I felt it. I felt it. I'm good. Oh, I don't feel it. I'm lost. Oh, I felt it again. I'll travel and go wherever because I want to feel it. Oh, good, good. I felt it again. I'm saved. What? Where in the world is that? When you go by feeling, you're going to be deceived. Preach this for years from um, Isaac. You uh, sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. He went by his feeling instead of his hearing, and he was deceived. And there's a lot of people like that today. Don't fall into that. Don't fall into that. You have what God wants. You have your saved. You have the Holy Spirit of God. Then fill yourself up with the word of God. Fill yourself up with his spirit as you empty yourself of you and prove and show you are filled with the spirit by witnessing and showing people how to go to heaven. That's powerful. And Saturday, we're not sorting with a good man in our church and knocked on a door and an older lady came to the door. So hunchback, humbled over all kinds of um of equipment around because she was disabled. She came to the door and she immediately sat on the edge of the couch that was right beside the door, probably 80 years old. And she let me show her. She didn't know. She let me show her how to go to heaven. Praise God. That sweet, dear older lady bowed her head and trusted Christ as her savior. Incredible. She can't get out. She can't go anywhere. And who's going to care about her? 
God sent us by there. We were going to go somewhere on the totally other side of town. We're going to meet at Kroger. And I said, North Side Kroger. And he went to South Side Kroger. I said, hold on, I'll be right there. I'm not going to drive up there. Maybe God wants us here. Went to another place. Boy, she got saved. How sweet. A few minutes later, we're knocked on another door. 25-year-old uh, girl going to a Catholic Orthodox uh, Orthodox church. And uh, do you know for sure? She didn't know. Could I show you? Sure. Showed her from the Bible. Wow. It's just Jesus. She saw it. Bowed her head, prayed, trusted Christ as her Savior. She came to church the next Sunday. Uh, brought her guy with her. Uh, wow. Incredible. Well, guess what that is? Why do we do that? Because that's what God wants us to do when we're filled with the Spirit is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I'm done with this session. If... You're being filled with the Holy Spirit is all you're looking for is a feeling and a tingle and a sign Then you are looking for something and it's counterfeit. You empty yourself of you and fill with the Spirit of God and it drives you to go and to show people how to go to heaven. That's it. And that's what God wants us to have. Have a great one. Don't miss next time. We're going to go into the tongues. We're going to show you the Old Testament passages. We're going to go through 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, biblically show what all that is. It is amazing, amazing how powerful and true it is when you look at it. All right. Hey, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.